Welcome, Business Geeks, to another Business Geeks podcast. I hope the music's loud enough. Uh, I'm Super Joe Pardo from SuperJoePardo.com. I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Jennifer Crawford from Sparent.co and Samantha Riley from SamanthaRiley.global. So happy to have you join us as well as you two to join us. Jennifer, we are celebrating a birthday today, and I, I believe that it is your birthday that we are celebrating. Well, well thank you. It's, it's, not, it's not today, I don't think. What is today? Well, today... Well, it is in Australia. Oh, it is Australia. your birthday in Australia, in so Australia we are celebrating birthday. your birthday. It's my Australian birthday, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a fine wine, I am getting better with age. <laughs> I might not know what day it is, though. <laughs> yes, I, I was delivered this. Can I show it? Yeah. yeah. Please do. Please do. Oh, there we go. It's hard to see because it's so large, so it doesn't fit into my giant screen. But it is a beautiful edible arrangement. They are not a sponsor, so I know like this was a small investment. But thank you so much. Like you guys are the sweetest. Oh, oh you're well, so thank welcome. you. For, thank you for uh, organizing that, Joe. That was a little bit hard to organize oh. from Australia. So I'm a bit <laughs> well, excited that you could do that. Yeah. Well, funny story. I got texts about this edible arrangement, and they mentioned Joe, but. I ignored them because <laughs> there, someone used to have my phone number. His name is Joe. And I often get like texts and messages directed to him. And they're usually like bankruptcy related. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I saw the Joe show up, and it was like an edible arrangement. I just assumed they were talking to Joe, my the former owner of my phone number. And th- so I just ignored it. And, well, now it all makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm glad it all worked out in the end. It did. Oh, my gosh. And it's even got chocolate-covered strawberries. Yay! I was struggling over how much chocolate to include because I didn't want to include too much chocolate and not enough chocolate. Finding the right There was was a very big discussion over the ratio of chocolate to fruit. (laughs) I I think you nailed it. I mean, personally, I don't think you'd go wrong with chocolate, but this is beautiful and it looks very balanced. So lovely. Thank you. And thanks, Lorraine, in the comments for wishing me a happy birthday. It's so sweet. Oh, you're so welcome. Sam, how are you doing down in Australia today? Is the world still uh, turning down? The the world's still turning. The sun is shining. It is nice and hot today and it's another great day in paradise it is it is oh man okay we have so much to jump into today we have topics we have questions i wanted to start though by bringing up this topic or not topic but i got a facebook notification and it was a facebook notification for a celebrity who commented on somebody's post. And I thought, you know, this is a great way to kick off the show. And so here we go, right? So Frankie Randazzo says, in case you were wondering, I don't know Frankie, by the way, in case you were wondering, John Taffer, who does Bar Rescue, and his overnight remodels of bars and restaurants is not only unrealistic, it's an impossible task. 
Work continues on the Panorama Music House in downtown Lake Charles. I believe he's in Texas because when I was looking up his thing, but hoping to reopen from Hurricane Laura's damage soon. So he put up some pictures and some videos of fixing up the place and, you know, great job, right? I mean, Hurricane Laura, when was Hurricane Laura? Was it, that was a little while ago, wasn't it? I uh, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. Let me see. The Hurricane Laura was yeah, it was it was in 2020 because oh, it, wow. it hit Houston, I believe. I could be wrong. Louis, well, it hit in Louisiana, but I thought at least that this said that he the Panorama Music House is located in oh, it is in L.A. So in Los uh, not Los Angeles, Louisiana, right? <laughs> so anyway, they're doing this. But who should reply just like literally a minute or two after, but John Tapper himself. Oh, wow. And he says, we do it every week with no pre-design. So, of course, I had to reply, the man, the myth, the legend, oh, snap. (laughs) You know, I've been seeing a lot of John Tapper lately in my Facebook feed. Like people will tag him and then he just says, you know, he says, thank you. So I'm assuming he has somebody else doing that. I would say so. A pretty busy man, but pretty cool to see. And then to have it show up in my notifications, even cooler. So shout out to all them. And, you know, Frankie says, because the building was destroyed in a hurricane and the work to reopen is almost overwhelming, which is a big difference, I should say, like having your building literally destroyed by a hurricane, then say, we're going to gut what's already here, keep what we can keep and put in on top of or replace, right? Big difference. Big, big, big difference. So, yeah. And the ones that he's done where they were was hurricane based, I think like one in Puerto Rico. That one, I believe, was more than like an overnight thing as well. I think it was more like a three or four day, you know, because there's a lot that needs to be done when you're talking about that level of damage. I would have been way more impressed if he had have come in and given some offer of help or some sort of Mm -hmm. ideas of how he could do it rather than just go, No, we can do it. I don't know. It would have been nice to see something a little bit more. I'll agree with that. I, uh, uh, yeah, I feel that. Especially because, you know, he did a whole lot of episodes down in Louisiana as well. So it's would be nice for him to be there. So, Sam, you brought up this topic and uh, feel free to add your questions down below because we we have a couple of questions we're going to get to in a little bit here. But uh, I think you put this in the uh, I did. In our spreadsheet, right? I did. I really like this idea. It says, Taco Bell to launch first ever business school for employees. I really love this. I love that corporates are helping employees to learn more, to really elevate their career. I think this is fabulous because as we know, in entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You know, There's only a small, very small number of us that can do what we do. So I love that Taco Bell has this uh, this option. I don't think that they are the first ever business school because I know back in the very early 90s, my husband back at the time worked uh, was management in McDonald's and he went to McDonald's University and got a diploma in business back then. But I really love this and I wanted to bring this up because I think as business owners, we should really take this on board. I know that when we did our staff reviews or our team reviews last year, one of the questions we asked each of them separately was, what would you like more to learn more about? 
you know, is there something in the business that you would like to learn that you're not currently doing? How, you know, would you like to be learning extra, you know, doing workshops? And they all told us what they wanted to be learning and we went ahead and purchased different courses for them to do. And I just think that this is a really, was a really great opening to sort of have that discussion to say that we have so much more opportunity to I guess, create ripples of impact in our business over and above our clients. And I think that a lot of people purely think of their clients rather than thinking bigger picture and how can we develop our team as well? Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I, I love that they're investing in their people. And, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, companies putting profit first instead of people first. It's a, a subject I feel really strongly about. But the thing that people don't understand when you say putting people first, the people before profits, is that you're not saying people in, instead of profits. Like mm. it's actually a really long term way of thinking, right? So here's Taco Bell investing in the education and training of some of their their top employees because they want them to become franchise owners and they make ideal franchise owners because they know the business rather than somebody coming out of you know, left field, who's never worked in a restaurant and potentially could, you know, run a franchise into the ground, these people have the most chance of being successful running those restaurants. So it's just such a positive, like feedback loop, positive ecosystem. It makes so much sense. You know, kudos mm. to Taco Bell. I know Absolutely. one of the things that we did back in the day at, at part of Truck Service Parts was we invested in a, a bigger conference room. So that we could and we've outfitted it with, you know, a projector and, and speakers and desks that were able to be set up in a classroom style as well as a conference room style. And they like interlocked and stuff like that. And that was huge because we were able to train people in our vendors. So our vendors would send, you know, their sales reps with like the latest trainings and the latest going ons in the industry. And we would actually cycle people through because we had, you know, locations all over the place. On the, up here in the, the Northeast. So we would cycle our, our team members, our counter guys and, and girls and go out to those places and be able to cycle them back so they could go for a, a two, three hour training and learn like the newest stuff that's going on in air conditioning parts or in brake technology and get these certificates so that they were better suited to be able to help their customers, help, well, help our customers and all of that. But yeah, I think I think it's great to see that. You know, the other thing that it does is it, it helps the corporates on the corporate side. So even if they're not necessarily going to go be franchise owners, because like that's still a that's a big ask of somebody. It does give them the opportunity to like go and do the schooling. And even if they leave Taco Bell, because usually they uh, some of the best advice I've ever heard from people that like work within like Disney, the Disney company is like get a bunch of experience leave Disney or leave that company and then look to come back when you have more experience so you can be higher up on the ladder and more appreciated because a lot of times they like to hire from the outside rather than necessarily inside, which I don't particularly agree with. But mm. there is something to be said for that. So you don't get stuck with like the same like a feedback loop of ideas because it's like, well, I've only worked one place and it was Taco Bell. That's the only experience I have. And it becomes like a feedback loop kind of like Pepsi or Coke, where it's like the people that get promoted there are the people, you know, that know how to go get sales, not necessarily people that know how to innovate or change the game or come up with new flavors or something to that effect. Mm, love it. 
So, yeah, let's see. We have you shared this story as well, Sam, about Meghan Markle. I did. And I didn't share it specifically because it's Meghan Markle, even though I actually really like her. I shared this because it was talking about the huge hate campaign that she's had. And they've found that 70% of the hate campaign started from just 83 accounts. I wanted to talk about this because it just proves that what we see on the internet is not necessarily true and it is very quick to get caught into that vacuum. So if those 83 accounts had never posted, would the other 30% of people started to hate her as well? Like this just blows my mind that something so big can happen and, you know, obviously there's other political campaigns around place, let's just say that, that this is you know, happened to too. And I think that it was, I wanted to just bring it up to say what we see on social media, not only is not true, but, and we all know that, but just how quickly we can get sucked into a vortex of made up vitriol. Not not only that, but it's orchestrated, it's planned, it's, you know, it's not random. These are just 83 random people. Like, this no. is an organized effort in order to achieve a very defined outcome. And in this case, unfortunately, the outcome was to smear and discredit and, you know, ruin the, the public perception of, of Meghan Markle. And, and they mm-hmm. were effective. And Absolutely. Just by smearing this false, you know, story, you know, this is the age of misinformation. You know, nobody is safe, you know, from science to celebrities. We are um, not we, not we, but there are people who are making it a business to influence in the worst way possible. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this talks about $400,000 made on those YouTube channels. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Combined, which is. It's scary stuff because I guess when I saw this post, it opens up the thought like this could happen to any of us at any time. Yeah. And I wanted to sort of open up because my first thought was, I have no idea how I'd even deal with something like this. Like, I don't know if anyone's got any answers, but it's a really big topic. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't particularly have any real answers to that. What I wanted to, to point out was, you know, the piling on that there are people that are, they're all, you know, faking it. In fact, I was talking to having a conversation with somebody literally yesterday that pointed out something about and I'm not going to get into details. You can easily Google this. But, you know, Instagram models flying across the world is funded by unsavory practices that are being done. And this stuff goes back to like 2019. This was written about. So I'm like, wow, I had no idea. And assuming that this is real. Wow. (laughs) This is crazy, right? So it's, it gives that perception that like, hey, I'm living the crazy, awesome life. I'm traveling every which way. And it's like, but that ain't cheap. And the way you're probably doing it is not by posting on Instagram. Mm. Yeah, there's a... Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just throwing it out there. And it makes me very upset and sick to my stomach to actually learn about that. As well as, you know, again, I, I think everybody just always needs that reminder that like what you see on the internet is maybe not the most truest, you know, mm. form of what you're seeing. Yeah. You're seeing it through a lens. There's a really good, I think we looked at this before. Was it uh, Instagram in real life where it's like, 
you know, the the lady's oh, like sitting there by the pool yeah. and it's like somebody's taking a picture of them taking the picture. And it's like there's like kids and all like right next to them or they're, yeah. they're at the beach by themselves. But it's like they're very much not at the beach by themselves. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Or the behind the scenes of the pictures in Greece where you just see when you turn it around and there's this just big line of people. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is these people are like leveraging the fact that perception is reality, right? Like, so now Meghan Markle, you know, is perceived a certain way and has become hated. They have created this reality off of false pretenses, but, you know, it starts to become the truth because that's the perception they've, they've mm. created very strategically it's it, you know it's it's frightening it's on a number of levels it is it is so scary yeah so i not to go down the political route rabbit hole because we are very much not i don't want to go down that route <laughs> but, but political ad caught my eye and my ear the other day the person campaigning specifically in the ad said i will conquer or i will you know defeat or fight the quote-unquote woke mob. Now, whether how whatever you think of that, as far as woke mob is whatever. But first thing that came to my thought was, so you're going to defeat Twitter? <laughs> like that's where like 98, 99 percent of this whole like ethos lives. Like I don't under like what? <laughs> like how is mm. like that? Like you're giving power to something that doesn't even necessarily need to have power to it. And in a lot of cases, it's the same thing as Meghan Markle. It's just Meghan Markle is a much higher you know, profile person that the whole like woke mob thing and the hate thing, you know, affects. So it's like something that's like less, it really, it's like, it usually it comes down to like a handful of accounts. And then what happens? Somebody picks up the story because it makes a great headline. And next thing you know, it becomes a thing that wasn't mm. a thing. And a mm. lot of those things have kind of just disappeared. Like, and I'm not, I, you know, I don't even want to mention things. If you live in the States and you go to Target, you know what, I, you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> crazy stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. crazy stuff so, locutus good to see you in the chat says back in the summer when the european cup was happening it was england versus italy some of the england players received racist abuse online after some of the non-white players missed on penalties on further analysis it appears most of the racial abuse came from a minority of accounts but account for vast majority of the abuse. Mm. I mean, we see this with like celebrities all the time where it's like, I have 20 million followers on Twitter. I'm so, I mean, we saw it with Donald Trump and I think maybe even Obama, like when they went and cut out a, a, a large a swath of Twitter bots and all of a sudden their, their follow count went way down. Like it wasn't nearly as big as it was, you know, as it, and, and that's not to be pro this person or, or negative to that. Like, but just, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, Twitter did their job and cut out Twitter bots and it cut out a lot of people's follow counts that they may or may not have bought or even knew about. Right. So that's the kind of thing where it's like you have to be able to do that kind of research to see, like, is this real? And I don't think we've talked about it on this show, but there was somebody that caught my eye. I forget when it was. And I went to her, her Instagram and was like checking it out. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, OK. But I'm looking at all the the engagement and all the engagement around it, it was like one word answers. And in some cases was like the same answer from mm. the, like like a speci- a very specific answer that wasn't the same as what the other like, ooh, I want that lead magnet. Ooh, I want that. lead. You know, it was a very specific answer. And that was written a couple of times. And I'm like, 
So is there bots for the bot? <laughs> like, is there mm. bots botting for somebody to yeah. like as comments? Like, I mean, yeah. to buy likes or f- likes is one thing. To buy followers is one thing. But to buy comments. <laughs> like create a comment machine to make people feel like they're missing out on something i mean it's not it's not impossible but god like i i could see falling into that trap of thinking that i'm missing out totally totally i think there's this really dangerous place that we can get caught in this vacuum of believing these things are real and I was chatting about this with a friend on my podcast the other day saying that I believe that social media is taking away the art of debate, the art of actually asking questions and seeing and understanding that there's another side to everything mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, that person doesn't agree with them, block. And I think there's a line between make sure you surround yourself with really great people, but on the other hand, don't just put yourself in a vacuum. like. We learn and we understand and there's all these things from having debates and listening to other people's ideas or, you know, the perception, the way that they see things. And I think that I would like to see more people bringing that back and understanding that there are different ways of seeing things and not just taking like this is black and white because it's not. Yeah, like we've lost critical thinking skills, you know, Mm -hmm. we we don't entertain any, we don't spend any time in the gray area. And that's the majority, like we, everything's just black or white. I agree, Sam, I don't know, you know, that probably starts, you know, at a young age, learning critical thinking skills, probably more important than ever in the school system to teach those skills, to teach how to look at two sides, how to filter through information, how to do proper research, like you know, all of these things. I mean, there's, it's a huge, huge problem. And it's, mm. you know, there's, it's not going to be solved overnight. It's going to have to be a concerted effort by, you know, some large institutions that are going to, you know, have to lead the way. But I, mm. I totally agree, Sam. Like, it is, it is wild out there. Like, reading comments, like, if you see a post, I don't know about you, but occasionally I'll, I'll see somebody post something and I'm just curious about what, the chatter is going to be like what, how people are reacting to a, a particular news story. And I'm always surprised mm-hmm. how, how quick people are to come to like an immovable opinion and then attack each other. Mm-hmm. That, you know, somebody has an opinion that doesn't match theirs. Then it's, you know, you go for the, you know, the jugular. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of disheartening. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. The sad part is a lot of times it's, it's so funny to watch those. Like that's what I, I don't, usually comment on those i read the comments because i think it's mm, me too it is sad <laughs> and and you know it's funny the best ones are the ones where people didn't actually read the article they just looked at the headline and was like how many of those are there so many keyboard warriors like you didn't even read the article nope 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 so that is one of those that i just it's it is a shame and it's a problem that we will probably continue to deal with you know 10 years from now we'll still be talking about the the probably yeah. the same problem whether mm. maybe it gets a little better maybe it doesn't i i don't I, well i, I just hope that someone won't. maybe saw this and maybe had believed that you know everything on social media is real i don't think so but mm, let, let's hope that it's helped one person realize that there's a lot of bs out there yeah, they're we'll, they're we'll, really we'll a good really fight. Is. Yeah, a hundred a hundred percent. Ding ding to that. So this question, 
came up. Dear Super Joe, how how are you, buddy? I've been meaning to ask you. You highly recommend responding to reviews on social media. And I'm looking back at my Facebook page, my Instagram, my Google business, and I realized I haven't been responding to those. Is it too late to respond to them now? They posted months and some years ago. What do you recommend? So the reason I bring this up, I answered the question as a reply, but I'm like, I got two great you know, business geeks that I could, uh, you know, tap into here and get a, uh, a solid answer from. So I would love to hear what you two think about this answer or this question. Go ahead, Sam. You take it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You throw me under the bus here, Joe. I had no idea this was coming. I actually think it's a really great opportunity to go and reconnect with those people and actually call light on, hey, I missed these and, you know, thank you so much or, you know, responding or whatever. I think it's an opportunity to go back and reconnect. That would be my, I'm guessing by the ding that I, that we have got the same idea there, Joe. And Jen would love to hear your take on that. Yeah, well, I think we're three for three. And, you know, commenting on something that's a year or years old, I think the relevance is probably not to the person who you're responding to because they've probably moved on. But the relevance is that anybody coming and looking at your reviews is going to notice, you know, that your thoughtful response to and and that you're, you know, involved and engaged in your business, they're not going to necessarily notice or know what date you responded to those, those comments or reviews. And we're talking about testimonials, right? Like reviews? Uh, reviews, I guess, comments and, you know, okay, on Facebook, yeah. Uh, things. Yeah. Like I mean, better late than never. I mean, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. what could it possibly hurt? But great advice that um, you got from Super Joe Pardo on replying to comments and reviews well you mentioned the date jen but joe don't you do see the dates when people leave their comments don't you Uh, yes yeah i would think so yeah yeah so so i probably would i probably would mention like if there's a date there i would mention hey i'm really sorry i've missed this i've just seen this and i wanted to acknowledge just so that people go, oh, wow, like they didn't comment for two years. Like may as well just shine <laughs> yeah. light on the situation. <laughs> you might as well face, you know, face up to it. And that's so true. But I'm just thinking people's observational skills, they pr- might not make yeah, it. They, they, they're quite lacking, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but there's always some that are going to notice that. <laughs> <laughs> there will be. Is that so the reason uh, specifically, Jen, I wanted to wait, you know, have you answer this question because you ran social media rescue and is this something that you would do as part of social media rescue is go backwards or you only worked going forwards at the time yeah i mean we would yeah i don't think we've had that exact situation but we would have gone back i was always really shocked at how many you know businesses you know you saw it a lot in the restaurant industry you know the reviews would just go completely ignored um good and bad but you know we've talked about this before you know that responding to to people personally after they've had an experience with your business, good or bad, it is such a pro move. And, you know, it's such a way to, to, you know, get that intelligence and make things right if they had a bad experience, but also show appreciation when they've had a good experience. So, yeah. Can I ask a question on that? Because I think this is important too. These companies weren't necessarily going out of their way to ignore them or didn't think it was worth commenting my guess is and am I right in thinking it's just that 
maybe they don't have a background in social media or a background in business. Maybe their, you know, their key genius is actually being in the restaurant industry, you know, cooking or, you know, front of house. And they've just not realized that it's there. Is that what's happening? Sometimes. There's no system to go yeah. and reviews come in and it's just gone unnoticed. The thing I would see is either it was a business owner that was just too busy, you know, just too busy to even like slow down and like take the time, you know, we're just overwhelmed. The other thing I saw was that they were afraid to reply, afraid of trolls, afraid that they would just stir the hornet's nest, so to speak. And then the third thing would be that they were defensive, you know, and we're just like, that's nonsense. I have a great place. Like, that's not true. And really, they were just in denial about their business. They had too much ego associated with it and couldn't step back and look at their the customer's feedback and see that there might be a, an issue. And it was really uh, frustrating because there were always issues that were fixable, mm. you know, always things that they could easily fix. So those were the three scenarios I saw most often. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I came back to part of Fleet Solutions and we, you know, we started to put a, a bigger focus on those online reviews, you know, we get a lot of negative. It was easier to get the negative ones where people were unhappy with the outcome mm-hmm. of their truck because it's like, well, I, I mean, look, we had it for three days. You've had the truck for three years or four years. What we did in three days is not going to change what the, the way that the truck was handled in the years of leading up to that moment, right? So the outcome would always like, you know, be a a, a sticking point. And so we got, uh, you know, some nasty, nasty reviews there. And I had to battle with my dad and, and the manager and the other the other manager as well of like, do we reply to it? Do we just delete my dad? You know, my dad's like, oh, we'll just delete it. Like, get rid of it. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't work no, like that. <laughs> no, 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 bad. No, do mm-hmm. not delete it because you that's you want to stir the harness nest. Do that. That's exactly mm-hmm. what you do. Is you delete it because then they're gonna go get all their friends and they're gonna go <laughs> and make it even worse for you, right? And I've talked about this in a video like a couple years back about a friend of mine who runs a power a pressure washing company and. He actually had somebody that was so upset with him, he paid for, you know, offshore reviews, negative reviews, to like bomb Facebook, bomb Google. And the problem is, is people see the star rating and then that's all they see. They don't actually click mm-hmm. on and say, hmm, you know, this company's based in like South, you know, South Jersey, Philadelphia. Why is every single name an Indian name, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, a name out of India? Like, what? Like, how? What? <laughs> you know, but people see the star rating and they just move on. So, mm. so he, you know, so he to fight it while he was fighting with Google, while he was fighting with Facebook to get those removed because they were clearly erroneous. Like it was pretty obvious they all came within like mi- like minutes of each other, right? And all at the same time, and eventually he got them removed. It, he took it as an initiative to go and get positive reviews because he wasn't doing that before. So I, mm. I was like, like, look, get the re- you know pick one if it's Google, if it's Facebook, if it's don't use Yelp. But, you know, if you can help it and hammer that, you know, to to get as many reviews as you possibly can. So when somebody does write that negative review, you don't go from like five stars down to one star, two stars. And that's why I had to I had to tell a friend of mine who just is just starting up her business because she was 
deathly afraid. She's like, this person was so mean. They didn't, they, they're going to write this nasty review and, and they did it to other people. And I was like, well, maybe you shouldn't, I don't know if you should have worked with them that don't need a project, you know, for, with them. But hey, you, you do what you got to do when you're getting started. Right. And, because she was like, well, can I, is there any way for me to like take those reviews down or, you know, should I even have a Facebook page because I don't want people to write negative things? I was like, no, no, no. You know, if it does happen, just respond to them, you know, try to have them reach out to you, ask for them to reach out to you so you can make it work. And the thing is, is it's not for them because they probably don't care at that point. It's for the people reading it, you know, to see that you care, to see mm-hmm. you respond, see that you're like, hey, we screw up. We're not perfect, but we're willing to try to make it right. And if you come to us, you know, meet us halfway here. We can try to work this out. I honestly, we never heard from any of those people, but there, at least the record shows like we wrote a thoughtful response and we cared enough to, to do anything about it. So, yes, it sucks that you didn't do it all the time. But today, no day like today, right? To get started. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, man. So this other question came in. And th- so I, I wanted to pose this to both of you. I did leave my answer for this question, but I'm curious as to what my my two co-hosts here think of this. So the question, and they don't know this is coming. So no, and I love the name, by the way, Dom, my son's name is Dominic. I'm Joseph, Dom, Joseph, Joe, do you want to be a shark? Sam, do you want to be a shark? I don't. But the question was, do you want to be a shark? Yeah. Well, so you want to hear my answer first so you can copy, copy my notes. Well, I don't know. I don't know what you think. My abbreviated answer to this is maybe someday, but you know, I'm fine with playing my part and my role here and helping entrepreneurs literally all over the world. I mean, today I had I was talking to someone in Ghana, right, who is 20 years old and doesn't know a single entrepreneur around him, right? And so many other people, you know, from like signing up for my email list to to reaching out in the comments to, you know, reaching out via email off of my website. Like that to me is everything, right? Giving those people a voice to to listen to, uh, a voice of reason, a voice that's not trying to sell them. Here's your million dollar box. Go like buy this box and you will be a millionaire too. Like, hooray, let's go. That's not what I'm here to do. You will never see me sell that magic bullet solution because there is no magic bullet. I have a book called Sales Won't Save Your Business. And that's because sales literally will not just say, save your business. There's more to it than that. It's more mm. complicated than that. So I am very happy playing my part here and my role. And at some point, and I'll tell you, like my, was it last, I want to say the middle of 2020, towards the end of 2020, I go out for runs almost daily. It's been kind of hard this year, like so far in the beginning of this year because of the kids being home and it's been a hectic, you know, illness kind of year. Everybody's safe. Nobody's sick, but everybody else is getting sick and that creates a problem. So, you know, I I said to myself, I'm going to play my position and drive that home as much as I possibly can. And so figuring out like what position, thanks here. No, I'm not going to say that again. Yes, I will (laughs) say it again. I, I play my position, play my role and drive that home as much as I possibly can with the people that it resonates with. And that to me is going to take me or you listening, watching right now so much further than trying to be everything to everyone and hitting, you know, they always say play big. I don't disagree with the play big thing, but I think first you got to play your role, right? Play your, your position 
as much as you possibly can so that people can count on you to be there through that consistency that you create for them. And in this case, it's a safe haven for people who are entrepreneurs who actually want to be an entrepreneur, create service businesses, create products, you know, work with their communities and do the best that they possibly can to serve them. So, you know, to me, that's that's what this is all about. This isn't about like, let me find the magic bullet and like sell that and, and hawk that forever because that's just not me. So well said, Joe. And what I loved about what you said was that playing big doesn't necessarily mean going to where the people think the top is, like being that person, because there are so many roles to play. And I think that understanding, well, A, doing your apprenticeship, which is generally what you're talking about. I mean, you've done your apprenticeship, but, you know, there's different levels, right? So not only understanding where you fit there, but also understanding that there are actually different roles for all of us to play into our genius because there's, what, five, six sharks? That's Mm -hmm. not many and they can't help everyone. There needs to be the other other things that are happening along the way. So love it. Love what you said. Well, thank you. And do you want to be a shark? Would you like to be a shark? Would you like to be in that position down in Australia? No. It's no. not it's uh, not my it's not my it's not my strong suit. Yeah. Not uh, not okay. interested. I like what I do and the way that I do it. I prefer coaching people rather than just and I understand that they do coach people, you know, once they've gone through the process, but yeah, I think that we can help way more people or I I'm talking about myself. I can help way more people doing what I'm doing now. What about what about you, Jen? Yeah, I don't see myself at, you know, going the, the shark route. I mean, I, I'm kind of like you guys. I, I really love and adore my business, the direction that it's in, the mission. You know, I just, I, this is the business where I've applied all my lessons, all the hard lessons in my, you know, my long life. I'm loving how that is, how that is playing out. So, And yeah, and I just love helping the people within, you know, the scope of that business and the business's mission. So yeah, Mm. don't think I need to be a shark. And I think that's what's also really relevant is that there's so many different types of businesses. And to be like, talking about products is not my strongest suit either. So that's why a shark doesn't appeal to me because that's not where my knowledge is best served my knowledge is best served in other areas that doesn't mean that I'm not good at business it's just that it's not that type of business yeah I think Locutus has a great point would either of you be interested in being a guest shark if that came up oh I can tell you what I would prefer I would be a guest on something like bar rescue that is way more up my alley like that to me is exciting. I love the idea of how can we make this better? What's the customer journey like? Like, you know, how can we make the experience better? That's definitely more up my alley than being a shark. So I'll be a guest bar rescuer. <laughs> what about you, Jen? <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, being a guest shark, you know, might be fun. I think I would love it more if, you know, there was some sort of Ah, uh, what can I say? Uh, if we could help, you know, minority business owners, you know, BIPOC, uh, you know, people that don't have as many opportunities, particularly, you know, in getting funding for businesses and that sort of thing. I don't, 
you know, sorry, Joe, but I don't need to see another privileged white guy get a million dollar deal. And that's just me. That's just me. I, I would have more fun helping helping people that, that needed a little bit more. So, mm. yeah. Oh, and that's part of what we're why we're here, right? And that's totally. answering those questions. So it, it does play into that. And I think, you know, for, I, not that I don't disagree with you, uh, <laughs> Jen. I, you know, no I, I, well, no, I, <laughs> we, we still love you, Joe. <laughs> I, 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 I love you too. But I don't know. If the, I don't. I don't know what the right thing to say there is. What I do know is, is that Lucas asked if if any of us would want to be on The Apprentice. And I'll tell you, I never, I've never watched the show before. Oh, um, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I really like The Apprentice. Yeah, I enjoyed it too, and I always thought I would be a real, I'd be really good at it. <laughs> but I, I did too, and you know, I think I'd be really great at it, and I'd probably be fired first. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'd walk yeah. away with my tail between my legs. No, I, I like that because I, for me, it's all about you know, thinking outside the box and what, you know, putting our heads together and what can you do that's a little bit different. Yeah, you should watch the just a couple of episodes of The Apprentice, Joe. Yeah. I will have to look into that. I, you know, I just, <laughs> It just never, it never came up as a thing to watch. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I would love to, you know, on the along the lines of the bar rescue thing, I would love to be a guest on that or a guest on The Prophet, though I don't think The Prophet actually exists. I think the show ended at this point because mm. uh, it looks like Marcus Lomonas has moved on to doing house renovations of oh. all things. Yeah. Oh, like, all right. Yeah, I guess that's his new thing to to want to get involved in. And Lucia says, I mean, instead of being a shark, what about being a full-time <laughs> mentor on The Apprentice? Well, We've so got I, all the things happening here. Yeah, she, well, I so I have so my my feelings on that is maybe even more so than being a a shark specifically or even a guest shark. I would love to just work with the the people that are going to be going on the show because it's very apparent to me through doing the interviews that they don't have anybody working with these people that are before mm. they go on the show. It's very much up to you <laughs> to figure it out and. That's really tough. So, I, you know, I think if I was in a position, I mean, maybe as a guest shark is fine, whatever. But really, I would love to work with the individual businesses and then get paid by Sony slash ABC to go and do said thing and work with those businesses to figure out like, all right, let's not figure out a crazy valuation here and try to like talk them into a position of potential power and like getting a deal and maybe fixing some of the, the structure problems that they have in that in their business. And I will I will hint at the fact that. I reached out today to a shark. So we will see if I get them on an interview because one of the things I want to have them on for is to talk about, you know, structuring the business for success for an investor. Cause that's very different than mm. structuring a business to be like, Hey, I'm making money and we're, you know, we're paying the bills and everybody's, you know, we're employing a couple people. Like that's a very different look than like, Hey, we want someone to come in and give us like, even $100,000, you know, $50,000 mm. to do X, Y, and Z to grow the business. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I would definitely prefer to be that behind-the-scenes person mentoring and helping too. That's more where I would prefer to be, not the talent that's up the front that's just there to make a good show because that's what they're there for. They're not really there to help. They're there to make a good TV show. But behind the scenes, I would love to be there behind the scenes mentoring. Yeah. I'm not sure what show Otto is referring to. We're in season 16. Is it still worth watching? Is The Apprentice still going on? I didn't think it was going on anymore. Uh, I I'm don't not know. Sure I, I assumed it was not. Yeah, yeah I didn't I think it was. 
Yeah, Although I, I do think in Australia we've got a, a celebrity apprentice, I think, that's in filming at the moment. Huh? But, yeah, we'll see. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, you know, it's always something fun to think about and, and to see, you know, where the future takes us. But that's all that future takes starts with figuring out your, you know, your position and, and moving forward with it. So, so yeah. Yeah. So we have what's the other the other thing. Oh, UK Apprentice is still on. New season is being broadcasted today. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, that is there you cool. Go. So in a bit of sad news, I wanted to take a moment because I actually lost like basically two family members in like a week. Well, at both of them related to the business part of Fleet Solutions. First, shout out to Johnny. He battled through the illness for a while before succumbing to, I think it was like double pneumonia. It's heartbreaking because he was not, I think, let me think he was maybe 55. You know, very very young and you know that really sucks because he was he became our shop manager our shop foreman after you know being with my family the in the in the truck repair business since he was like i don't know 16 17 so he had been with us for a long wow. long time and he, he succumbed to it yeah last week i think it was it was late last week he succumbed to his oh, battle with the, so much love to friends, family, yeah. business family, everyone. That's awful. Yeah, it really is. And then my great aunt passed away who was married to my great uncle, Mike, who started, uh, was one of the founding members of the truck repair business that eventually became part of Fleet Solutions. She had about with, a, I want to say it was cancer for a while and yeah she she just came succumbed to it yesterday uh afternoon and but fortunately i did get to see her before she passed i got to see her twice one of the two times i got to talk to her like literally days before she just stopped talking because she was you know she was basically out of it and it was really you know it's a special thing to be able to tell people that you appreciate them and how much you love them and how much of an impact that they made on your life. Even when, you know, she wasn't like my closest aunt by any stretch, right? Because she's my great aunt. But there was a lot of things that happened in my life, especially towards the last like 20 years or so of my life that she was actually helped play integral roles in mostly behind the scenes. But she worked with my great uncle in that company in what was called Pioneer Truck Sales, which still exists to this day as kind of a paper company underneath of part of Fleet Solutions. And what she came on my show, on my podcast back in 2014 as a uh, to give a how do you say a post homulus post? I'm saying I know I'm saying it wrong. Oh, I know. Yeah, what she said uh, <laughs> interview for my uncle but it talks a lot about you know because she was in the business day in and day out she was like the brains of the business while my uncle you know was a mechanical wizard and did like anything with trucks he was not the customer service friendly that sue was and definitely not necessarily the numbers person at all that was all sue and eventually sue and and my cousin maria but yeah, it's really, you know, it's really, it's really sad to have somebody like that. But they met in 1985 and she was working for another trucking company when they, he started to like, you know, get to work with that company that she was working for. 
And that turned into like, a you know, their relationship and all that stuff. So it was really interesting to go back to those stories and and have it recorded in a way that, you know, most people don't get that kind of stuff recorded. So very fortunate to that. And yeah, it's big, big light dimmed yesterday for sure. Great Aunt Sue. She sounds like a cool woman. Very she cool. She really was. She was. She was one of the, she was one of the coolest people in, in in my family. No offense to everybody else, but you know, I yeah. She she really was. She put up with a lot of crap because my uncle was a bear for sure. But he was apparently he was nice and cuddly. He was like he was a teddy bear behind the scenes up front. It, you know, during the day it was not always fun to be over there. A lot of yelling and screaming. Not on her part. She I don't know that I've ever maybe once ever heard her raise her voice, but you know, she just was so she was just so awesome and being able to to handle so much and and be so wise and kind to the people around her and and yeah, it's it's a shame that she's no longer with us. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry for your for your loss. So two right in a row. That's no. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm hoping that there isn't a third because like the stuff's supposed to come no. in threes. No, it doesn't so. have to come in threes, Joy. God, no. I hope not. Please don't. Please no. Not. no, no, it's not gonna happen. Hopefully not. I appreciate it, Locutus. It definitely. If you want to check out that podcast episode, I can put it in the description below. And it, if you go to my website, superjoepardo.com, you do the search button, type in Mike space pardo and it'll come up and it's you know it's it was really you can hear it's funny going back and listening you know i i was so bad at being on the mic it was very robotic from me so i yeah it was kind of hard it was kind of cringe to hear myself but to hear her oh it's part of the journey yeah it it is of course it is of course it is Jennifer asks, uh, Joe, I need a video host. PM me. I'm not <laughs> sure what, 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 what do you mean by video host? Could you elaborate, Jennifer? I would, I would love to help you, but I'm not sure what you mean by video host. I'm curious. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, we want to know. We want to know, don't we, Jen? We feel like we're on the outer here. <laughs> we want <Yeah>. the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> There was one other story I wanted to bring up real quick. Why maybe if Jennifer's uh, still with us in the chat, Elon Musk well, apparently he planned to take on Warren Buffett's Seize Candies, but scrapped the idea after failing to find a superior candy. And this is like it screams the profit if you've ever watched the show because like that's what Marcus Lemonis from to call it Camping World would do is he would like go and seek out like what's the better mousetrap that I can go and plus up and enable other people to, you know, get more eyes and more customers for. And apparently he could not, Elon Musk could not find a better candy than C's candy, which I personally have never had before. Have either of you had C's candy before? I've never heard of it. And I was hoping you were going to tell me that it was really amazing because I really want to know now. So it's a really old company from when I was, because I looked this up, but of course it doesn't say in in the article i think we're gonna have to order some and do some taste testing ourselves yeah so they they have i don't i'm like pretty sure i've never had this candy before but i I just think it's it was something i wanted to pull up because of the fact that like i think it's really funny that you know the richest person in the world was interested in candy so much that they would try to go after 
Warren Buffett, you know, and, and compete with him head on in a space that, I mean, look, it's good for our hearts, not our and our souls, right? It's not necessarily good for our cholesterol or whatever's, but it's and it's not going to save the planet <laughs> by any stretch like the rest of his companies are trying to do. But, this uh, surely was a bit of an ego play here. That's what I, had, I, I don't think it had anything to do with the candy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it is uh, probably you're probably right but i thought it was just so funny that because i think it was founded in the oh 1921 it was founded in and i feel like i've heard of it before here's a picture uh from say this doesn't say when the picture was taken but it's just really cool that it's old and like apparently it's really good and oh was it Visited C's Candy Kitchen on La Cienville Boulevard. That's a very famous... Oh, maybe that's where I heard about it from. I've definitely heard of them. I don't think I've ever had them, but I... You know, for for them to have that type of longevity, I'm sure it's very good candy. I'm sure it is. But also, I find it a little bit odd that you guys haven't heard of it. Like, obviously, I'm in Australia. I've got an excuse, but if it's like (laughs) that good... How is it not like a big thing? Yeah, I'm going to order some. I pulled up their website. I'm going to order some. I have heard of it. I just, I like never come across it in my. Yeah, take one for the team, Jen. Awesome. I'm order take it. one for the team. <laughs> I just, I have a hard time believing he couldn't find a better candy anywhere. And, and like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm interested to see if you think, if you, if you find, like, maybe it is that good. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, and, and like, how. How extensive did he search? Like, there's a lot of, like, for instance, there's this tiny little town near our, our mountain house. It's the real life Mayberry. It's where Andy Griffith was born, Mount Airy, North Carolina. And there's a small independent candy shop there called Prudence McCabe's Confections. Best name ever. Wow. And they have the best truffles and candies I've ever had in my life. And I have done some taste testing, I'll admit. Uh, <laughs> They're so good. And I'm sure if Elon Musk had walked into Prudence McCabe's Confections in Mount Airy, North Carolina, he may have changed his mind. <laughs> well, I'm glad he didn't. They need to keep the uh, the flag flying. Yeah. 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 It remi- like it rem- oh, what was it? It was like a TV show or movie or something that was like that like i want to get involved in popcorn and they they literally like scour the country for like every popcorn stand and just like they're just taste testing like sending all this it was like popcorn or candy or something to that effect like or specific pie or something and they're like i just just send them all just send them all get them all here and we're going to taste test them until we find the one that's the one and it reminds me of uh, there was an episode of The Prophet where he did key lime pie because he was like, oh, this company makes the best key lime pie of all time. And they I think they were located in the Florida Keys and uh, they were, quote unquote, the original. And he gets there and they're using, you know, crust from the store. <laughs> like oh, buying, no. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, OK, so we're going to redo the uh, the whole thing. Everything's getting redone here and we're going to bring in the chef. And we're going to figure out a new formula for your pie. And the owner was like, I don't like any of these. And and like basically like I think he, the owner like even told the person off, the chef off, and like it was not going well, apparently. Yeah. So he's like, I can't sell these pies if they're not original pie. Like, if it's not original. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? 
this isn't going to work. So it is one of those things where it's like you really got to make sure that you're providing something that is different, unique to you. And even though if you win a whole bunch of awards for your store bought or like 50% store bought thing that's not fresh made, it's not good enough. It's not necessarily good enough. But what if it's the favorite of all the people? Yeah, wins that blind taste test over and over again. Well, they, so they did that. They did that in the show, and that's that's what finally won the owner over was when they did blind taste tests with customers that came in. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah, and he lost. Oh, so yeah, so we so we got an ending light. to the story. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, goodness. Oh, that was going to be an open loop that was going to be hard to focus all week. Yeah. <laughs> well. The, uh, before before we wrap up here, I got to say thank you to our sponsor, which is your podcast concierge. If you have a podcast and you need an editor for it, then your podcast concierge dot com is your podcast editor. They take care of everything. They take care of everything of this show. Leon and his team do a wonderful job. So uh, please go and support them. Yeah. Much love to them <laughs> over there. I mean, only if you want the best. <laughs> well, good, yeah, good point, Jen. Because Only if you don't, you then them. just you know, don't. If you want don't someone to chop up and you know destroy your podcast? Hire someone else. But if you want mm. someone to handle it and handle it well, yourpodcastconcierge.com. Ding ding! Absolutely, Jen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Locutus, for joining us. Uh, yes. I've always appreciated having you, uh, Otto. Lorraine, Tim, and Jennifer, thank you all for joining us today for the live stream of this episode. You can get all of this podcast over at businessgeekspodcast.com. We will be back next week, Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday, 8 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time, right? You're in daylight time there, right? Yes. Awesome. And uh, we will be back then. So until then, I hope you have an amazing week and uh, take care. Happy birthday, Jen. Yeah, happy Thank birthday, you Jen. So Thank you so much. Thank you.